Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. So I want the homies to chime in. Are you sleeping naked or wearing pajamas? There's no way Ahmed sleeps That's naked. A, uh, no way. Ahmed, you're right. He's, who, who knows? He's, he probably does. Yeah, Pete's right. He probably puts extra clothes on. Extra flannel. Yeah, extra <laughs> flannel. Exactly right. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's up, everybody? It's episode 341. Chris Sims on Budden. Ahmed Farid is here. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do sleep naked. We don't know about Ahmed Farid quite yet. I can picture Paul. Oh, like, Paul looks like the sweats old T-shirt guy. Like, I should have guessed that was him. Like... You, I'm just looking at you, and I see matchy-matchy pajamas when I look uh-huh. at you. I yeah. do. I don't see sweats, but I don't know. I think I'm probably wrong. What is, what's the sleeping attire? So I have nothing that I – I don't have a go-to. You don't like have a go-to, it so it's just whatever. I feel. So it will never be naked. Right. Right off the bat. You're right on that. It's never <laughs> naked. But it could just be briefs. Right. And a T-shirt. Right. Could be briefs, no T-shirt. Right. Could be sweatpants. Yeah, okay. And a t-shirt. How do you do that? How do you do sweatpants in the bed? Don't you get hot? Doesn't it annoy you when you roll over and it's just like bunches up? It's kind of what got me off briefs too as a young kid. I mean, I was in high school when I got off the briefs just because I was like, I rolled over and I feel like my briefs went up my ass crack or something. And I'm like, this is not comfortable. Now I'm picking a wedgie in the middle of the night. Take them off completely. Yeah, right. Naked for me, I, I feel like I've tried it yeah. a couple of times. I've tried it out, yeah, you know, right. just to see what the buzz was about. Right. See what and, the buzz is? Yeah. <laughs> What's the buzz about this naked sleeping? And it just see, I don't know. It just seems like that things was are, wrong. Yeah. Things are you moving know, around too freely. Around. Exactly. Right. It's right. like I need to keep it all together. I hear you. I hear you. And we and, both had a sprained testicle before. Maybe that's where we sprained <laughs> it. I don't know. Yeah. It comes back every once in a while, too, which is weird. Uh, but we did a poll, right, Pete? We did a poll. So we, how, how alone is Chris here? Ah. And. 73% of people over 30 say they sleep with pajamas or clothes. A lot of people wrote in said just boxers or whatever. Right, right. It was like, well, that's close. That's close. Homies, that's close. That's close. Right, right. We're naked, talking naked. 20, 27%. Yeah. Which is way higher than I would have thought. Yeah, it isn't higher than It is higher it. than I would have thought. Okay. I don't, I don't know why. I mean, again, I haven't, I haven't had this conversation with my man friends. I guess I grew up in a household, and we can ask. My dad's coming on later. Yeah, we'll ask He was him. a naked man sleeper. That's where I got the idea from. I was like, Dad, Dad sleeps naked. I probably should try that, too. That looks comfortable. Do you think he still does that? Uh, yes. I would be shocked if he didn't. He is the ultimate naked sleeper, <laughs> put on one of the five robes he has. He'll probably pick the one that has, like, holes and is the crappiest one of the group and then wear that downstairs in the morning. Whoa. So he'll come downstairs 
only with a robe. Oh, naked yeah. Underneath the robe. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, yes, yes. That's commonplace in Phil's world. He's that's the a, king of the castle. That's right. Pete said it right. <laughs> he is. He's king. We call him king. So that How makes tightly sense. wound up is that robe, though? Because sometimes they're a little loose or it can come on tight. I, I, mean, I don't know. A, You're right. I don't know. Situation. I haven't tried to peep any shots at his crotch or anything <laughs> to know if it's coming loose, so I wouldn't know, but it seems okay. <laughs> uh, all, right. all right. What a great way to start. <laughs> that was a good way. I feel good now. We got a lot to talk about. We do. We course, we're going to. Hit on some of the games from last weekend, of course. Break it down just from the standpoint of what it means going forward. And give some thoughts and ideas about these matchups. And hopefully show you guys a few plays and examples of things that concern me or things you've got to do or take advantage of when this team does that. And uh, that's where we're going to go with this podcast on right, the What so the Fuck Happened Wednesday. Go through all four of the games. We've got your dad coming on in about 50 minutes from now. Yep. So we'll try to get through three games. Your dad will talk about Bengals-Titans uh, with him. And if we have time at the end, I did lay to rest six more teams. I know, so I know. Requiem. So we'll see. We might have to save that, which is okay. Yes. I, let's do, and I'm, as we're doing this, uh, wow. I got to text my dad to tell him we're going to talk Bengals-Titans. Oh, good call. Uh, just so he knows that for sure. They got that game good. on CBS. They he got that game on CBS, go. so he'll be ready to go. And, uh, yeah, it'll be a good one. We'll, we'll, we'll end the conversation of the podcast with that game. And let, and let him know that we also want to talk about how often he's naked. Yeah, too. yeah. So yeah, yeah okay, well, nah, surprise that one. We'll start with the 49ers versus... The Packers. Yeah. This is uh, one that a lot of people are looking forward to, obviously. First time we get to see the Packers this postseason. They got to rest as the one seed week number one. We got to see this matchup week number three on Sunday Night Football. Which yeah. was one of our best games. Maybe the best game of the year that we had on right. Sunday Night Football outside of the Brady going back to New England, which was uh, highly rated as well. So this one, Green Bay won 30-28. to Yep. But it was looking like it was going to be a 49ers win until Aaron Rodgers pulled a miracle, rabbit out of the hat with yep. 30, what, seven seconds left, drove down, got a game-winning field goal at the game. Crazy game. They controlled game. early where they really could have Who put did? the game away. Packers? Yeah, yeah. Controlled it. You know, don't forget, they were up, I think it was 17 nothing at one point. Maybe it was 20-3, to 17-3. i got to go back here and look at the exact moment of the game. They got stopped on a fourth and one down on the goal line and didn't get any points. Uh, so they left points on the board. They kind of controlled it. And then totally lost control and could not stop the 49ers basically late in the second quarter all through the second half until they finally got you know the miracle uh, plays by Rodgers there at the end of the game to, to kick the field goal and do that. Okay, so there are some things that we said then and we thought then. Yeah. And let's see if they still apply right. to right now. And let's start with the 49ers on offense. Of course, that run game is going to be talked about a lot. You talked about it with Paul quite a bit here. The 49ers do it as well, maybe better than everyone else out there. Yeah, I think so. Um, but at the time... You said that Green Bay is physical enough to hang with the 49ers in the running game. Right. Do you still feel like that's true? Uh, I don't. I think maybe Green Bay is more physical than years past, as, as from what we've seen you know, against the Bucks or the 49ers in the championship game. But I think as the year went on, I, I think two things play into that comment early there in the year. The, the Packers were fired up and ready to go. They know what a challenge it is. They hadn't played well out in San Francisco for the most part. Uh, so they were going to answer that bell. I think they also know, like, when, when we've played the 49ers, you know, physicality's been an issue for us. So they were pumped up, ready to go. The 49ers had some injuries. They weren't the same football team. They weren't quite running the ball the way they are now or down the stretch of the season. The Debo Samuel run offense was not even a thing at that point. Elijah Mitchell was hurt. Right, so they had issues and a little bit of injury sprinkled on both sides of the ball. To, you know, again, uh, I don't think we saw the true 49ers that night. And then 
with on top of that, we saw a motivated Packers team that was, I think, trying to prove to themselves that they could go out there and win a game like that and a big physical running team. And teams that are physical have given issues to the Green Bay Packers the last few years. Uh, so you had a little bit of that aspect and that personal you know, psychology that played into that as well. Can we look at a couple of plays? Yeah, let's Can do, we that. do that. Yeah. So l- let's look at a run with Debo Samuel that we saw last week against the Cowboys and see w- how this could give the Green Bay Packers right. Well, I, well, what I always question with Green Bay is the interior D-line. Uh, that's my big thing. I know Kenny Clark's a good football player. Yes. I question some of the other guys that they have there. You know, linebacker, not necessarily a thumping group made to stop the run. Got some mm-hmm. good athletes, some guys who can go sideline to sideline. Going to be good in the pass game. But that's, this, is, this is not a pass game game for the Packers defense. It's run game. Stop that. And you could see here, and the, the thing that, that jumped out repet- repeatedly in the Cowboys 49ers game was, I mean, the 49ers, excuse me, I'm stuck on something here. The, the, the 49ers run games, you, you could just watch the game and go, oh, man, Dallas is scared to death of the 49er run game. And it was a lot of looks like these all game long. I mean, it's one, two, three, four, five D linemen. Micah Parsons here at the line of scrimmage. A lot of the times they played it to where, yes, they were always going to have one more guy than the blocker and try to go all in on stopping the run and still couldn't stop the run. And now you see the Packers, the end of the season, I mean, really ever since the Vikings game in week 11, have had issues stopping the run. They get moved around easily in the run game. Now, what I love about the 49ers, and you've heard me say this before, Shanahan has checks and balances. So the play for their off, we always know inside-outside zone, the Shanahan zone scheme, right? You know, press the edge, and then if there's a cutback lane or something, find it there. If we get the edge, then you keep pressing it, and you go around, and we got the outside zone. That's always what Shanahan's been famous for. This year, it's different. I really think the play he bases a lot of his stuff off of now is the toss crack, right? The play we see with Debo Samuel so much where, like, a guy blocks down, a guy blocks down. They pull some linemen that go with it, and now they toss it to him, and he's on the edge, and he tries to make something happen. They've run that play already in this game a few times. So here comes, oh, you're worried about setting the edge and having people on the edge of the defense to stop our toss crack? Well, we're going to run a toss – But it's going to be a design cutback, and that's where they're really good and always keep you on edge in the run game here. You know, you're going to see it's really a zone type of scheme as far as the blocking. Kittle's going to go through the backside here to cut off the backside to give Debo Samuel a cutback lane. But this is zone blocking, but you're expecting, again, more of a, oh, no, usually when they put him back here, it's something outside. He's a wide receiver. They're not going to run between the tackles with a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, they are. And while you're worried about stopping the toss crack, we're going to keep pushing you that way. So you go, go ahead and stop that toss crack. Great. And now you see here you got a huge gap, right? There's nobody in it. It's this guy's job, the defender, to, um, and that's Terrell Basham, to come down and close this gap to make the tackle. But here's Kittle. He's going to come out, kick him out. Debo's going to find the cutback lane, and it's going to be a big game. And that's what's special about them. So they can run it down your throat with just normal run game stuff. And then let alone you have to deal with all the wrinkles and little tricks Shanahan has in the run game here. And again, this is perfectly blocked. Yeah, I, it's, it's such a great play. It's a great play. <laughs> a great play. And they execute it at such a high level all the time, and it keeps, the, keeps you off and keeps you guessing 
on what we have to stop or what we have to worry about in the run game. And at this point, they had been gashed on a few outside runs. They were very conscious of that, and that's why they're in this defense. And there you go, cut back. The guy's a gifted runner. He really is. I mean, he can run with power. He can run with quicks. And that, that is what they're going to, hey, we've got to worry about the run game. Yeah. You don't know what curveballs you're going to get during the run game or what little package of plays he's going to put together to screw you over. And that's what makes Shanahan so hard to stop. And what makes it really hard to stop is when you can do the play action off of that. No doubt. Jimmy Garoppolo right. is, is right. rolling, which he has been at times. Yes, you saw he has. in this game back in week three, you said Jimmy G played okay, played right. well at the end of the game. We've yes. seen that a couple he times did. as well, where he's brought the team down and no scored doubt. a crucial touchdown, saw it against the Rams. I just don't know what to you're going to get. Him get. Into the playoffs. So, you know, exactly. You're right. Because right. in the first game, he threw an interception, I think, early on in the football game, which was a great play by Jay Alexander. But. I know, I think it was you and I that next day or that week. Like, I mean, Jimmy G in the second, third, fourth quarter, he played good and took some hits and hang, hung in the pocket, made some tight throws. It was a good performance by him in that first matchup. All right, so let's take a look at a play where the Cowboys blitzed Jimmy G. Maybe the Packers could do something similar. And yeah. this basically got Jimmy out of his rhythm. Well, this is, this is I, I bring this play up because they're going to see this defense here. I mean, it jumps out to you right now. I mean, does it not? When you look at it and just go, Whoa, there's a lot of people in the screen only five or six yards away from the line of scrimmage here, yep, yep. right? Because everybody is worried about the run game. On a first and ten. On a first and ten, right. Everybody's worried about it. So even here in a passing set, right, and Shanahan's brilliant too because he gets you to play these type of defenses, here's a fullback. And that's why he paid Kyle Juszczyk the most expensive fullback contract in football because he's a weapon. Oh, wait, the fullback's in. They're going to run the ball and get an eye formation. Oh, wait, I forgot this fullback can run routes like a high-level pass-catching tight end. So they catch you on those mismatches. My point of this play right here is this. If the 49ers want to win this game against the Packers, Joe Barry, defensive coordinator, he knows Shanahan – He's going to try to stop the run. You're going to see similar sets to this. This is the bare front again. One, two, three, four, five guys. Again, got a linebacker here, a down safety, another safety here. And there's eight guys at the line of scrimmage here. You see here, you got press man-to-man. You got Trayvon Diggs man-to-man here on the outside against D-Ball Samuel, way off. My point is this. You cannot let defenses play this against you in the NFL Hmm. and get away with it like scot-free. You just can't. And what I mean by that is, this guy's freaky, Ayuk. This guy's freaky. You're not taking advantage of what your team has to offer if you're not taking advantage of the coverage and your guy's better than this guy, okay, running the route. And that's, to me, something that they're going to have to do this week. It can't always be game plan, some play over the middle, and Shanahan's got people crossing everywhere and made some play, get the guy open by four inches so we can jam it in there. To me, you're flirting with disaster, one little off-target throw, tip pass, interception, oh shit, now we're behind a position. This is where it's next level to me for the 49ers. They did it a little bit in this game. I'd like to see more. Throw the ball outside the numbers. They're begging you. They're playing defense to stop the run and stop the Shanahan inside pass. All right? And they do this. Here you go. He, of course, goes right to the concept That's all he's worried about because he goes, well, Kyle's so smart. But as you can see, even here with the concept, right, people have caught on where Shanahan knows and likes to throw the football a little bit. All right. I mean, you can see they're pushed over. He's pushed over. He's here. He got here. They got numbers 
to stop the concept itself. I know the back's coming out of the backfield, but they'll live with you checking the ball down the back. Mm -hmm. They don't want to be gashed by one of the things you're trying to design behind the linebackers at the second level. And, you know, ultimately, Ayuk, on this route, you're going to have to take my word for it, runs a curl route, he's open. But to me, that's something they got to continue to do, work on, and get better. If they think they're going to beat Green Bay, and then, you know, maybe the Bucks or the Rams that next week, and then probably, you know, who knows in the Super Bowl, whether it's Titans, Chiefs, whatever, people are going to play these looks and just go, we dare you, throw it outside. You know, you, you just refuse to do it. We don't think you're going to do it. You're obviously not confident in how good you are in it. And to me, it's something that I think you are, we're going to see. It's going to have to happen if they want to go to the Super Bowl, the 49ers. If it doesn't happen... I think what, what I said could happen, which could be, you know, some tight throws, very risky, mm-hmm. they're not sure the reward's worth it type of throws over the middle where everybody's kind of expecting it. So I'm going to throw you back up to the board because yeah. we saw a player there that did not factor into the Green Bay game. Brandon Ayuk was in the doghouse early in the year, didn't play a whole Great lot. Great point by you. And yes. so we saw he didn't go to him there in the, in the Cowboys game with the one-on-one coverage, but he has had some big plays here down the stretch and yes. did in this game. He is. I mean, he can, he can beat people. He's got good size. He's a good route runner. You know, I know you watch the 49ers. You know, he can go. He can, he can beat people deep. There's everything about it. They just don't do it a lot. And Jimmy G's, a part, of course, part of that issue. But here, this is where Shanahan is magical again. And this is where, you know, you got to be careful about how predictable you are. You know, he got into a point in the game here where he goes, I, they're playing man. I thought they'd play man. And I got some plays to screw over, man. He had a play earlier in the game where he's got George Kittle on a similar type of play that I'm about to show here. He's going to be wide open for a touchdown. The, the pass rush for the Dallas Cowboys got there in time and disrupted Garoppolo to where he couldn't throw the ball. Well, here's another hand. Shana, I call these Shanahan specials. And I've never seen anybody run this play. All right? Okay. Shanahan, a lot of the times, will do like the old – you know, we're going to run the ball this way and people are going to block down and then I'm going to boot out this way and George Kittle's going to act like he's blocking and come out the back door, right? They're going to do something like that where it's like that. And now the quarterback's over here. The defense is all thinking boot, 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 and they all follow and then all of a sudden the tight end comes up the other sideline. That's Shanahan invented that play. Everybody in football does it now. That's the play he did earlier in the game and luckily the Dallas D-line got there to sack Garoppolo. Now, this is a new one, all right? He's going to play another game with something he does in his basic offense, where, again, it's going to be a little play action here. We're going to boot, but it's not a full boot this time. It's a set-up-the-pocket boot. They're going to block to set up the pocket. Juszczyk's going to come over here and try to help him out a little bit as far as setting the pocket up as well, all right? And then within that, you're going to get Debo Samuel kind of running like, I might run the corner post type of route, all right? And then you're going to have him running the shallow cross. Everybody runs this play every week. Every week. Except he's going to let him go shallow cross because you're in man, and then he's going to wheel it up the opposite side of the field, and they're going to get a big play. And to me, these are the things that you just – you always got to be careful with the Shanahan. If you're too predictable, all right, and he gets a feel for what you're doing in the football game – and sort of self-scouting thyself during the game and even during the week of preparation is very important when you play the 49ers because if there's an area like a Belichick where he goes, uh-oh, I see something too repetitive in this one formation, I'm, I got something to screw it over. And look mm-hmm. at the play. I mean, not only a brilliant thought and play itself, 
playing into a guy that we know likes to take chances in Trayvon Diggs. Mm-hmm. He's thinking, wait, I'm going to cut this shallow crosser. I've seen this play 27 times this year. I'm going to get an interception. But you can see the pocket set up the right way. They got people to buy to the run fake. They got the man-to-man. And then there goes Ayuk. And again, hey, if Jimmy puts that ball on the money, I think you get a whole bunch of more yards there. He made him slow down. But that's okay. He's wide open. Make sure you get the completion. Yeah. Is, Dig- is Diggs taking a chance there because he thinks he knows what's coming? I, I think that's where they're, they're playing into, like, oh, you've seen this play a lot. Yeah. You've seen this. You know what's coming. That, that's exactly what he's doing. There's no doubt. He's going shallow cross. Yeah. Shallow cross. He's got somebody outside of him. And he's just going, wait, I'm going to undercut this. Jimmy G tries to throw this. I'm taking this to the house. Because I guarantee nobody has run this play and then turned it up the sideline right. other than maybe if somebody was scrambling the whole year. And that's probably where you know, it caught him off guard and it was great play design I by Shannon. What is Dallas doing? R- rushing two? It's almost like they well, it's, they, they're, they're played the run so hard to the fake again. Yes. Look, they're so worried about it. Look, at the, they're all over there stopping the, the outside zone run to the left side right. to now where they, they're in a position where they can't even rush the passer anymore. And they try to restart the engines and get close to them, but it's too late by that time. All right, so Ayuk did have a touchdown the first time they played the Packers. He had 37 yards receiving, but really was not a a, a big part of the offense. And we'll see if he is in this game, but uh, certainly has Jair Alexander being back, that's going to be big. Mm -hmm. That gives him some extra leverage to play with as far as, wait, you, Stokes, play man-to-man. I can get another guy in the box. I can trust you guys on the island. You know, stop some of the Shanahan crazy stuff over the middle. Certainly back. I haven't heard about Zadarius Smith. I would hope he's back for their sake in Green Bay. They need another physical, you know, dude on that front to help out against this run game. Okay, so here's the other side of the ball yeah. for the 49ers. Yeah. You can score as much as you want. Can you slow down Aaron Rodgers? Can you stop him? In the game they played week three, he only had 261 passing yards, but you noted back then he also had like 81 yards on defensive pass interference penalties. So they were stretching the defense. They were getting they were. big chunk plays. They weren't necessarily completing them, but some right. of them came due to pass interference. Right. And so that's a weakness. If there's one weakness on this 49ers team, right. they, can get to the, they can get to the quarterback right. with their front four right. and the pass rushers. Linebackers, and linebackers are awesome. Too. Safeties are good. Defensive backs. They've yeah. had injuries there. They mm-hmm. weren't great to begin with. Right. Dallas didn't necessarily expose them. Didn't do it enough, in my opinion. Will Rodgers be able to take a look at that tape? last week and be like, I can beat that. I, I think so. I think he's going to look out of that. And he's going to look at that first matchup. I do think this holds true or he's going to go, wait, when, we did the right thing. When they played quarters or anything that looked eventually like a man-to-man look on the outside, they went, okay. You, know, you guys are awesome in the middle. You just said linebackers are good. Safeties are good. They're well coached and what to look for. Here's a weakness of your team. They took advantage of that. You know, really, one of the few teams I've seen it, and I know you've heard me beat, beat that door down for the last two years of the 49ers. That's where you have to attack them. Mm. They're too good at passing stuff over the middle. They're so fast. And, yes, he did that a lot in this football game. And I would think that's going to be the M.O. once again. Now, what's different, and it happened a little in this game. Which game? This, this first matchup, the Packers-49ers. Yep. What's different is... 49ers defensive line is better now than it was then. Okay. They've got it settled. They're deep. You know, I think Bose is going to be back and totally ready to go. So they're a different animal to, to deal with up front that way. Um, and, you know, the other thing is the 49ers, they did it in this game. It took them to the second half. They do it more now, like they did it against the Bengals. 
if they're scared of your receivers outside and they go, wait, this is a team, Burrow and Chase, Rodgers and that, we'll, we'll play cover two. The hell with it. We'll protect our corners. And they'll call your bluff and go, we'll see if you can run on us like this. We're going to just, we're going to protect our corners. You're not going to get that. We think we're good enough up front to do that. Now, in the second half of that football game, Green Bay gashed them in a few runs here. And Green Bay's O-line, I think, is a little more physical than years past, too, to give them a little bit more of an advantage maybe they had, you know, in the NFC Championship game either year. So uh, that's something that's, that's definitely changed to a degree. All right, do you have a couple plays that illustrate Dak and what he did or did not do yeah. against the 49ers last week yeah. and how Rodgers may look at that and be like, we've got to either do it differently or maybe we can take some tips. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, here, here's the first thing. Now, this is a heavy run set, okay? No doubt. But, uh, again, the Packers are a team that's balanced. They'll put two and three tight ends in a football game. They'll play these type of sets, not necessarily like this, where there's five offensive linemen and then two offensive linemen in the backfield. But my point is if they get the run game going or get in some of these power formations, and the 49ers are concerned, look at this look. Look at this look. Rodgers is going to tear this up if this happens. And this is where the 49ers have to be creative and disguise and make sure they keep Rodgers off edge a little bit because you got eight in the box, you got a one-on-one with the corners and right. one deep safety. Right. Exactly. You got two guys, right. So, ooh, again, fumble, but again, I think, you know, you look at this and and Rodgers, you got whether you got Adams or Lazard or MVS you know, these are guys, again, with MVS and, and Adams especially, they can scare you enough with the go route to where they should be able to run 10, 12-yard outs, 16-yard comebacks, you know, 20-yard stop routes, whatever that may be, or just, hey, the curl route or the back shoulder route, any of them. But the point is, yes, I have a hard time thinking if you're going to get these looks, you're going to get Rodgers on the outside trying to tear you apart, just like you see here, again, you got a corner in Mosley who's a solid player, but nothing great. Look at him. I mean, he's way off, and all he's worried about is I can't let him go deep. Uh, this is where they can put the 49ers in a bind, especially if they get a little run game going to where you go, all right, well, now you got man-to-man out there. What are you going to do? Yeah. And Rodgers can throw strikes all day long. Uh, that, that, to me, is going to be the chess match to watch for on it, Sunday. Is that one of those, or have you seen the 49ers play that or too much this Saturday. year? Yeah. Uh, is that one of those where it's like, Dak's not playing that well, we we, we got to stop the run here, we'll play this way against the Cowboys, we would never think about playing this way against Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, maybe, you know, I, I mean, yes. I was actually even surprised to see them do that here. Sure. I really was. Sure. Just the fact that we hadn't seen the Cowboys run a lick yet at this point. I mean, that's true. You know what I mean? So I, I was surprised maybe the two extra offensive linemen scared them just a little bit. Uh, but again, I think if they got run on in that set a little bit, you know, or if they were trying to play cover two and got run on, they're going to get into those type of formations. And ultimately, the Packers are a better running team than the, the Dallas Cowboys. There is a little bit more of a threat of Aaron Jones can break it or Dylan can pound it up in there for five or six yards pretty easily as well. All right, so what wrinkles could the 49ers maybe give Aaron Rodgers that could help disguise some of these This things? is the chess match. This is, this is, to me, where it's going to be really interesting going forward here because the 49ers are a team that it's not overly complicated, but they do know what they're good at, where they're vulnerable, and they know how to play their coverages off of each other a little bit. You know, every snap kind of comes out. You come out. They all look kind of the same at first, and then it kind of takes formation right as you snap the ball. They go, oh, wait, they're going to play that. And it wasn't quite sure. Or they're disguises. That's the other thing, too. And they're a team where, 
They like to, if they know you're kind of a check at the line of scrimmage football team, and we got the next play here to go to, Pete, is, you know, they're, they're almost like this, where if I see this right here, right, say, all right, here we go, eight guys in the box. Mm-hmm. I just same, got same the look that we saw before. I just got to the line of scrimmage. Exactly right. Here's the safety. I believe there's Jaquaski Tart. I, you almost got to think, whatever they show me at the snap is not what they're going to give me. If the safety's down at the snap, he's going to drop back and they're going to get into a two-safety defense. If the safety's deep, when I start to get blue 85, blue 85, he's going to come down and they're going to be in this defense. It's almost always the opposites, all right? And that's where I think snap count's going to come and play for Rodgers. So you're saying if you're Aaron Rodgers, he knows not to believe what he's seeing. Don't believe what you're seeing. Don't. You know, you you got to think that whatever they're showing you, they're going to back out of that and do the opposite. Because what they want to do is go, what they want to do is go, this play specifically. The Cowboys are going to run a bootleg right here, right? They would love to run a bootleg against this set. This is a set made to stop the run. They're going to fake the ball at the down safety thinking they'll be aggressive and really fly up there, right? So, boom, that'll be awesome. Let's do that, and we're definitely going to have somebody come free within the, within the, the bootleg and the, 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 the action of the run fake. All right, so they do that. Boom, guess what happened? Look what you got here. Now you got a cover two safety. This play ain't all that great against cover two now. You got a guy coming across shallow cross. They got two underneath defenders. He's going to make this guy defend outside because it's cover two. He's there for the guy in the flat. And all of a sudden, this great play you thought again had against the other coverage, mm-hmm. it's not that coverage. And now you're going, oh gosh, let me throw it. I got it off. Now listen, he made a play here. I get that. And they got positives. But you know, Mosley should make this play. He should be able to bear down on this and hit the guy. And, and again, even on this type of play, like, you know, he reacts to this just a hair quicker. That could be a boom, boom play, ball pops in the air. But that's part of the chess match that's going to go on with Rodgers in this defense. And this is where snap count will come, come into key for this game too. Okay. I would think there's going to be a few plays where they just Rodgers going to go, I can call it and run it. I'm not going to worry about what defense they're in. Coach and I decided we could do this against any of the defenses they play. They'll go on first sound or – you know, first color, where they just set it, or, you know, Omaha Bugo, like something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're going to snap it. And the 49ers, oh gosh, right? That's going to scare the 49ers. Now they're going to go going, wait, we can't disguise too long. We can't be down in the box. And then he snap counts us, and we're really playing cover two, but now our safety's not back, and Devontae Adams running a go route, and we're screwed. So that's where then the demi snap count will come into play. And that's where, to me, LaFleur and Rodgers in the chess match against D'Amico Ryans and Shanahan on the defense is going to come into play to take advantage of that type of stuff. All right, so, so the 49ers could have a plan. They could try to disguise. The snap yeah. count could mess them up a little bit. Right. The one-on-one with their corners could mess them up a little yes. bit. I th- think we have one more play here. It's the Dak Prescott 20-yard touchdown to Amari Cooper. Um, and what is, what is this play? My, my, play, my, play here, my point here is it's, it's third and six. You got – one of the best pass rushers in football, all right? And you see here, those are the two routes you're going to see that go down the field to attack the Stevens a little bit. My point is, and I'm not even, I'm, I'm even, gonna, I'm not even gonna draw on this. You can go back to the full screen here. They're, like, they should never play this defense. Never. 
Never. None of these guys are good man-to-man cover guys. None of them. Should not play it against the Cowboys. Don't play Should it not play it against the Packers. Don't play it against the Should Packers. Should not play it against Zach Wilson and the Jets. Maybe take a chance then. Okay, fine. But against the rest of these teams that are left in the playoffs, don't play it again. Don't. What? You have a great pass rush. You've got creative ways to play zone defense and make the quarterback hold the ball so your rush can get there. I mean, here... The uh, an, an unimaginative offense, like, trust me, Dak Prescott was like, thank God they're fucking just playing man, and now I can just throw to one guy and not have to read anything with mm-hmm. my, my unimaginative offense. And you'll see here, there's Amari Cooper up in the slot. Look at the slot down here with the tight end and Schultz. He's open too. It doesn't matter. They're open. You know, and it's all about these two guys. It's yep. just picking who you want. Pick the matchup you want. He went with Amari Cooper. And Kawan, Kwan Williams has no chance right. covering him in that way. That, to me, recipe for disaster. Rodgers is going to see that. He's going to know he's going to get the ball out of his hand or he's going to get into the right protection to where you're not even going to get close to him. And he's going to gash you downfield. And that's where I would say, no, no, 49ers, don't do that. No matter how well you play, Rodgers is going to get his. He's going to get They're going to score. You're going to need to score on offense. You're going to need to run the ball. Jimmy G's going to have to play okay. Jimmy G's going to have to play. And we think he will, right? Yes. He's dinged up right, right now. Right. Goro1680 says, if you had Jimmy G's thumb injury and shoulder sprain, would you be able to start in a big game? No, I think not, he's, not, not tough enough. I think he's Next question. He's shown his thumbs okay. I don't even worry about he that. He winced one. There was one time in the game where, where I think it, went, like, like it seemed like it that. hurt. Yeah. yeah, but give it another shot. I think for the most part, that's not concerning to me. Shoulder, I mean, it's never fun. It never is, but... You know, as long as it's not a severe sprain or just, you know, dislocation or anything like that, he'll be good to go by Sunday. I'm not worried about it. I'm, I'm, I'm really not. I think he'll be fine. You don't know who you're picking yet, do you? I don't. I don't. I don't. Um, I would probably tell you sitting here right now, I'm leaning a hair towards the 49ers right now. But I don't feel necessarily comfortable. There's some things about the matchup and what I think Rodgers and them have figured out about the 49ers a little bit. And I do think Green Bay's a little tougher that – yeah, this is one that I'm, i got to tonight sit down and think really who I'm going to pick and why. I think you do have to pick the 49ers. You think I, think I do? You do? Because I was, I was doing yeah. a Peacock show with you right. after Sunday Night Football, right. and it was at Green Bay, Lambeau yeah. Field, big blowout win for the Packers. And Rodney Harrison asks you, he goes, who can come in here and beat the Packers at Lambeau Field, really? Chris, who can do it? And, I said and you go, oh, I think the 49ers could do it. Yeah. And he goes, what? Yeah. You think the 49ers can come in here and beat the Packers? Yeah. So that would be like just okay. desserts. Okay. If, if you needed, like, a tiebreaker, right. if you needed a tiebreaker, you can shove it in Rodney's face. Okay. Now, the danger is that Rodney was right. Right. So <laughs> Yeah, right. You're exactly right. <laughs> I got to think about it. Think about but it. But I will say, I'm probably hair-leaning towards the 49ers right now. Okay. Yeah. Bosa, Bosa, Trent Williams. Uh, Trent so, Williams fine. I think but. so. Fred Warner with a low ankle sprain. It wasn't a high ankle sprain. Right. He's going to be – he might not be 100%, but I bet you he gets close to it by the time Sunday rolls around. Or, right. no, that's Saturday night. I keep saying Sunday. All right, you got time, you got time to think about it. Yeah. Ruminate. Yeah. Get your pick. Two more hours. Uh, Rams versus the Buccaneers is the other one in the NFC. My Super Bowl contending – Los Angeles Rams feel very good about that. Feel very good about the Bills, the team I picked to win it all. You should feel good. I, feel I, good I disrespected the Rams with my pick last week. I, I think I got my frustrations of their. I picked them to win in Week 18 and they didn't do it, and it pissed me off. And Florio won his best bet because of it. And I, I think I held it held it on them a little too much to where I didn't respect the fact of how they played early on in that 49er game when they were up 17 to nothing. And some of the good things, like I've I've said the last five to six weeks of the year. The Rams got it all rolling, except one guy we talked about. Just whether we could put Stafford in the trust tree. Mm -hmm. And 
I think last week goes a long way to make us feel a little bit better about that. Well, they did and didn't, right? Because yeah. you talked with Paul, and I was listening on, on Monday before the game. Yeah. And you said they, they can't put it all on Stafford's shoulder. You know, only give them, you know, maybe 30 passes in the game. I was saying give it a golf plus, right? Yeah. That's what I said. I want they a golf plus. They gave 17 passes in the game. So they, but, but he was very efficient with it. And the incompletions he had, a lot of them were probably dropped. A couple of them were drops. Yeah. And so it's like it's he made huge plays. Huge plays. That's the real key right there. You know, again, to me, that's where they're dangerous when they stay somewhere between 17 to 28 passes. That means they've run the ball a little bit. You haven't had to ask Stafford to do too much or be like gunslinger Stafford where we know he can get a little in trouble. Uh, And, you know, that speaks to, hey, we're running the ball enough and controlling the line of scrimmage to where now we should have some shots down the field. You know, I have no problem with the amount of pass attempts. To me, that wasn't about lack of trust. They played the game the right way, and when they dropped back to pass, they asked him to make some high-degree difficulty of throws, and he puts them on the money because he is a special thrower. All right, so back to week three again yeah. where the Rams did beat the Bucks, and yep. they've had success against them in the regular season, 34-24. Um, back in that week... You know, Deshaun Jackson was a huge factor in that game. He will not be in this game. Yeah. Uh, there's no more Deshaun, no more Robert Woods. Daryl Henderson, I don't think, played in that game, or he did or didn't. What was that, Pete? Did I don't he... think he played in that game. He, yeah. he did? Right. Okay. All right, but now we got Odell. Now you got Cam Akers back, who looked good last week in his first game back. So Henderson you know, should even be back this week, I Henderson think. should with, be back. Right? All right, so l- let's start there. Let's yeah. start with, with running the football. Yeah. And if they can expect to do that, against the, the Bucks, I think the first play we have here is Sony Michelle, 35-yard run on the, on the first play. So, yeah, running the football and being able to do exactly what you said, take it all off, you know, a big majority off of Matt Stafford's shoulders. Running the football, it's never going to be easy against the Bucks. We know how awesome they are at stopping the run, as good as anybody in football. But I will say, you know, the Bucks, their pass defense isn't exactly the best in football either. Mm. To where they're going to have to worry about that a little bit, where they go, oh, wait, like hey, we know McVay will stay patient with the run, but damn, they got some guys that are matchup problems for us, and we can't like, just leave too much space for them or they're going to make big plays. Now, again, the, 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 the Rams, they, don't, they run two run plays. They run outside zone and inside zone. That's all they do, It really. Every now and then they'll get to a play where it's like, They'll do a double team, and that guy goes to that guy, and he blocks him, and they double team this guy, and they go up. This is not the defensive set to drop that play. But every now and then, yeah. all, all the rest of the time, it's inside, outside zone, press the edge, look for a cutback lane somewhere up the middle as this team tries to pursue, uh, pursue and stop anything out there on the edge and, and get increased that way. Why is that? Well, why, why, why don't they make it more complex? Yeah, I, this is the t- it's a type of – I don't know why. I wish they would do more. You know, I, I do think it becomes a little too easy to defend at times. They're very good at it. They know how to coach it. And it's a, a fail-proof run, right? There's really no defense you can't run the play against, right? So you don't have to worry about, oh, wait, you know, we got to go to another play, and now you guys got to block something completely different. They're greased up on how to block this play against every defense in the history of man. And they know their exact rules. So it's a little bit of like, hey, we're good at this, and this is what we do. Let alone, it's easy to marry play actions and boots off of this fake a little bit as well. But here you go. Here's one of these ones where it's a little bit of a, this is an inside zone, okay? Because, you know, you can see they've creased off that guy there. Now they've switch blocked this to where, because they want to cut it inside instead of press the edge a little bit, Whitworth is going to kick out Jones. 
Higby went to the second level, and you're going to see that right there. So basically, it was all about, you know, reach here, reach here, reach here. We got those guys blocked. You got seal there. You go seal there. And now they got in the alley, as Pete said, just mm. like the old Vince Lombardi clip. And boom. And that's a little way of like a wrinkle off of the inside-outside zone of how you can block it to where it's, hey, we know a play's coming. Yeah, but you haven't seen us do it this way. It's not overly complicated. Sonny Michel, there he goes, his biggest gain of the night. They don't need to run for a lot of yards. They just got to be able to run it a little. Can they against the Bucks? I think they can. I do. I, I don't. To me, the yards won't matter as much in this game as the attempts itself. I think that's what I look at more than anything. The attempts will matter. The fact that they just stay patient with it to keep the Bucks from being crazy Todd Bowles, pass game, blitz defenses, slow down that pass rush, which I think is a clear advantage for them on this pass protection for the Rams offensive line. Um, but I, I do think they will stay patient. I think McVay realizes who they are at this point. All right, so specifically, what could that open up for them? What can they do if they are able to run the ball like that? I, you know, I, I think what you're going to see them do more than anything is just, again, the play-action pass like we saw the other night. Yeah. That's where you know, they're, they're at their best. Not only does it help the play-action pass, of course it helps the drop-back pass game too. Because even though you don't have to play-action pass, if you run the ball a little, like even in the first matchup, they ran the ball 20 times for 67 yards. It wasn't three yards a carry. So what? But... They went off in the past game because of it. They always made them worry about that aspect. And to me, where it's great is, yeah, even in the drop-back pass game, if you run the ball a little bit, teams come out of the huddle and, all right, we're going to play defense because they're in this personnel. We're going to play a little bit of a run defense. Oh, shit. They're in four wides. He's in shotgun. We're not in the right place here. So that's where it's important. But the play-action pass is the biggest thing that I look at okay. where they can really take advantage of the Bucks, who are kind of an over-aggressive, not – Crazy over-aggressive, but over-aggressive and want to smash the run game for sure. All right, there was a look they got yeah. on a 17-yard play to Odell Beckham that you oh, think they specifically that. got that look because they were able to run the no, ball. No, 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 no question. You know, again, there, it's, it's a bare front here, okay? Bare front, again, the five-lineman look we just saw like the Cowboys doing against the 49ers because right. they're getting gashed in the run a little bit. So you get your five guys, right? They're trying to like, hey, look. We're in pass defense, but, of course, they're going to come down and get into single safety defense because they're worried about that run game. And then here comes, you know, little weak side, inside zone fake. And also within doing that, you got to worry about the Cooper Cup out here. He'll wheel it up and do all that type of stuff too. But there's a lot of moving parts that you're worried about at the second level of a defense. And, of course, with the motion and this guy going man-to-man – him having the back who goes through here, they create this big window right behind uh, Hicks, a linebacker, that just makes life really easy for Matthew Stafford. And you get this guy in this position right here, you know, another step, he might be able to split this group right there and go right up the middle. But, yes, that's what it does for them, and he's awesome at throwing those type of passes. Odell. Steve Cross. Yes. Odell looks real. He does. He's starting to look like Odell again, isn't he? Right. Well, Cleveland was a disaster. I don't know what else to say. I know I'm an OBJ fan, and I defend him a lot, but, like, there's no doubt that we have have come to the point where Cleveland screwed up the OBJ situation. That Mm -hmm. is very clear. And who know it, it, it? I mean, with Baker, I don't want to make any excuses for Baker. I mean, obviously, clearly he was hurt this year. Yeah. Right? And so that hurt. Right. 
and clearly last year it took a little while to get that relationship going. Yes. So it was like it may have been a double whammy, right? It was like it took a while to get some chemistry, and then what, maybe once you're ready to get chemistry, it's like Baker's playing her. No, so it, there, there's, there's, there's definitely some issues there happen. that I probably don't know and can't put my finger on, and we'll never know. I don't know why I just stuck up for Baker like that, but it's a little it's okay. On my I shoulder, think it was worthy it was of like, sticking up for him. There's uh, there's other issues other than Baker there, no doubt about that. Uh, okay, so there's another 15 yard run here from Acres. Yeah, that the the Rams were able to pull off against the. Uh, Arizona Cardinals in this one. What, what does this one show? Well, well, why, this why do you want to show this more one? about Cam Akers? Yes, how what good he brings. He, well, yeah. he did look. I mean, he looked explosive. He looked. I mean, obviously that that lumber he laid on Buda Baker that hurt him. Ooh, right. Hopefully that Buda yeah, Baker seems to be yeah. uh, doing better now and tweeted out as such. But yeah, he he looked special. Well, I mean, here you go. Again, like to my point of like as you see here, they, they only run like two run plays. Guess what run play it is. <laughs> There inside zone? It's inside zone, where they just switched off the tackle and tight end assignment there, right? Yeah. And there he goes, right through the middle. Right? And he's got a, da- a little bit more explosion and acceleration to the hole than Sonny Michel. Yeah. You know, Sonny Michel's got a bum knee that's never going to be the same. But you see here, again, they can do some of this stuff. And they stress you, too, because they run so many boots off that, you know, they create that gap that you see him running through here between the tackle and the tight end so much because teams are always worried about, hey, defensive end, they're going to run a bootleg out to you. You stay out here. Stay wide. They're gonna, the Stafford's going to come to you. And that's how they play. That's their little checks and balances for the things they do. You know, that's why they run this play. That's why they run the bootlegs. That's why they run the speed sweep. All of it is to play it off of each other a little bit to like, hey, you're overplaying this one too much. So now we have these two to come back and combat that. They're very good at that, and I think he adds a different element to their running back uh, room altogether. Like I said, I just think he's got a little bit more power, thump. He looked really good. Amazing. Six months after an Achilles yeah. tear, never heard of that in my life. So safe to say the Bucks want to stop the run game, make Stafford beat them, and then make Stafford feel uncomfortable in the pocket, and that's a recipe to beat the Rams. Yeah. And I guess you could say that's also a recipe to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and kind of how the Rams have done it the past couple regular seasons here. Kelly Craig says, can the Rams move Brady off of his spot, rattle the old man's cage, or will the ball be out too quickly for the Rams front to be impactful? I, I think he can. I think they can do it. This is a, this is one of the few teams in football that I think is a bad matchup for the Bucks. I do. They have, they pose some problems here. One, they have the creativity up front with what we talk about all the time. You know, can blitz two, but two drop out. It's really still only four, but if we kind of messed up your protection, the quarterback feels like he's being blitzed and he's uncomfortable and looking, wait, is there somebody around me? Oh, wait, I got to look at what the hell the coverage is. Oh, shit, that's some crazy coverage too. Those are the elements we see Brady give, give him issues. You can go to any of the games this year. It's always that. And when does he get, and that's when he gets jumpy. Because now it's, oh gosh, who's around me? I didn't really feel comfortable with the coverage, so I couldn't get it out in 2.2 seconds like I wanted to, right? And to me, that's the only flaw of Brady's, Brady's game now. Is yes, he, he is a little bit protective of his body. He used to be a little more willing to stand in there and take hits. Mm-hmm. You go back and watch any of the games they lost this year, it's a jumpy Brady. I mean, a very jumpy Brady. And they, this is why I think they beat them twice. The Rams have beaten them twice because Raheem Morris, you know, Played in Atlanta. He was in Atlanta. He knows this, this offense a little bit. And I know it wasn't him last year, but there's some things that are carried over from him to Brandon Staley as far as the defense and how it's run. They do that, and they have a front four, Ahmed, 
like the Giants in the Super Bowl or whoever, they can get there by themselves. So they add a little splash of creativity. you got four or five studs at the line of scrimmage every play, and they can beat people man-to-man, and you don't know exactly what you're going to get coverage-wise. That's where they can make it interesting on the Bucks. there's no doubt. And the Bucks have been arrogant the last two times they played the Rams. Arrogant? They've been arrogant. Like, they just, we're going to just drop back and throw it all over the field against you guys. They've never given the run game a chance in any of their games. And to me, we just talked about two weeks ago, oh, the Rams, they have problems with the 49ers because when you run right at the Rams and you have a little size advantage up front, that's where they struggle. Well, Bucks, you got a size advantage up front. They're not as well coached in the run game. Arians is a little like Andy Reid and, Le- you know, Leftwich. They're like, they don't really want to run the ball unless they have to. Mm-hmm. He's not as bad as Andy Reid as far as that department. But I think that's, that's something they got to be better at in this game. One, to help Brady out with some of the crazy looks and how they do things. Two, it's an advantage for them. It's a big overpowering offensive line against an undersized defensive line that's all about speed. Yeah, the Rams got to Brady just three sacks uh, when they played him in week number three, but you noted back then they just made him feel uncomfortable. He was uncomfortable. It was a lot of this, you know, getting the ball and, wait, oh, wait, do I have to duck? Is somebody about to right. hit me? And, and just a lot of that. That's pressure. what we see. Yeah, pressure, pressure all the time. Annoyance. So how may they get that pressure? Yeah, well, this is them. where, again, they didn't even have Von Miller then. And Von Miller's in Fuego right now. Yep. Man, and then you talk about Tristan Wirfs is not going to be 100%. That's where the Bucks, those two injuries, Jensen and Wirfs, yeah, I mean, you just mm-hmm. go, damn, that's not the week, not against this crew. Because, Jensen, you got a tall order this week with 99 coming to town. But here where it is, not that this is like the most overly complicated play ever in defense. There's some other plays. I think we're going to show one other play. But this is what you're going to get all the time now with the Rams. It's a five-man front. Unless it's third and ten, then you'll see a normal forward down front. But they're going to they're gonna stress you in. There's Von Miller. There's Sean Robinson, who played phenomenal last week and will be a key to this football game. If he can play better football, it's going to make them really dangerous. All right, so him, Sean Robinson, Gaines, who's good, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, right? So ultimately they can bring all five, and now they got five one-on-ones that causes a problem. But more times than not, one of these guys drops, either Von Miller or Leonard Floyd. And you just don't know which way it is or which way to slide the protection or whoever. And that's where they created their advantage. Here, nothing overly creative. You see Von Miller drops out. But, you know, within that, they got a tackle who dropped out to block him. So they still got what they wanted, which is one-on-ones on the backside for Aaron Donald. They got a one-on-one. That's really what it's all about. They just want to get him one-on-one. And now you got the other guy that's a freak show on that side, too, one-on-one. And guess what happens? Right. And Gaines, too. I can't forget about him because he's damn good. They get right up the middle in Kyler Murray's face. Boom. Sack. And that's where the Rams are special, and they kind of got it rolling on this side of the ball. Let alone the Rams like to play zone. They do some different things. They don't really want to play the man-to-man. You know, the zones are a little different from week to week, and that's where they're going to be, I think, a handful for the Bucks in a lot of ways. They've got to run the ball the Bucks. They've got to. You don't know who you're going to pick in this one either, do you? Can you believe that? I mean, you know me. Like, usually by this time of the week, I'm, I, I might not say it on the podcast, but I've told you before the podcast yeah. where I'm like, no, no, I'm going to pick them tomorrow. That's for sure. <sighs> no, I'm on the fence here. I will tell you, I'm probably leaning a hair Bucks right now, but I don't know that. I'm, not, I'm, I'm actually less leaning them than I was the 49ers, mm. right? So, but either way, I mean, we're talking like 52-48, 51-49 type of leans right now. I, I think these are, these are tough matchups for both home football teams. In fact, like really, like 
the Bucks match up better with the 49ers, hmm. and the Packers match up better with the Rams, yeah. where I think either one of them would rather yes. see the other team come into town. If the Rams were in Green Bay, I would be like, that's no, going to no, be tough. No, no, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not the right matchup. Yeah. Right, exactly right. It's it not the matchup tougher. for them. All exactly right. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. All right, let's go over to the AFC now. Yeah. This is a good one, too. Yeah. The Bills versus the Chiefs. And if and Dad is, calls in, just make him wait, okay? Don't or he can hear, but he just can make come him in. Wait. You know what? I, we're, we all, we got one play to show in this game. Oh, okay, he can, that's he right. can join in on the conversation. Yeah, okay, with the Bills you're right. Chiefs, okay, cool, so, cool, cool. Um, this is another rematch from earlier in the season. Yeah, when the Bills beat the Chiefs pretty handily. Yeah, thirty-eight to twenty was the final score in Week Number Five. Little misleading. Why do you say that? Chiefs were driving. Gregory Rousseau picked off a screen pass on that's like the right. twenty-yard line. Chiefs were backed up. Tyreek Hill dropped an easy pass in his hands, tipped in the air, interception, pick six. Mm. You know, I don't – again, those are good plays by the Bills. But they're not plays where I look at and go, oh, they just dominated them there, right? All right, that's where I look at it a little bit. And one other play to give you just a little food for thought of. Game was 31-20. Halfway through the fourth quarter, the Bills were inside their five-yard line and had a third and long. And Josh Allen threw a bomb down the middle that got intercepted, and they called roughing the passer, which was a horrible call. And the Chiefs had the momentum in the game. I remember that. Remember that now? Because we yeah. talked about it. Like, what a stupid bad call it was. They cheated us out of the end of a really good football game yep. with that. Because then they extended the drive for the Bills, and they chewed up a lot of clock and ended up scoring a touchdown. The game was over. So it was misleading from that standpoint. And the Chiefs are totally a different team now than they were then. They were almost hairline dysfunctional at that point of the year. And they're not now. So that's where it's going to be different. Offensively and defensively. You offensively think. and defensively. Taking care of the ball offensively. I mean, defensively, the, the Chiefs, the first five, six weeks of the year, should have been, their, their, their picture of what their defense looks like should have been like this. Which was Tyrone Matthew going, wait, why is that guy running down our field with nobody around him? Wait, why did Sorensen mess up again for the fourth time this time? Yeah. So they're not only playing better, but they have, they've changed their personnel. Personnel, too, right, 100%. Frank Clark's inside instead of outside. They've got the defensive line situated they wanted. They got the two young linebackers situated the right way with Bolton and Gay in there. Now they're in there all the time. Melvin Ingram came into town. He's playing defense end. They got the right people in the secondary playing finally. Thornhill, Matthew, Legereus Steen, Charvarius Ward. That's their base defense. It's scary that way. So it all came together. And bottom line, they stopped doing dumb shit that we saw them do early in the year, where they were just blowing coverages and messing up rules all the time, and that's where they're different. All right, so let's go to one play that we've highlighted from last game that the Bills had. This was a 19-yard play to Isaiah McKenzie. And so is this something that... Even with the Chiefs playing the way they are playing now, this is something they can exploit? or what? what it it is here? a little bit because the Chiefs are going to play some man-to-man. Okay. They are. That's just what they do. They're going to play man-to-man or it's going to look like it's man-to-man and we're going to blitz and people are going to drop out and all of a sudden it's going to be Tampa 2 or some coverage that way. But at the end of the day, the Chiefs want to play a lot of formations like this on the defensive side of the ball. 
They want to get in your face and stop you man-to-man. And if, if Diggs was split out a little bit more, I bet you Jackson would be up in his face too. You know, they want to put guys at the line of scrimmage so you don't know who's coming, who's dropping out. That's what makes the Chiefs really tough on defense, let alone you know, Frank Clark, Melvin Ingram, and damn Chris Jones are some dudes up front. That's where it's different. All right, now, you know, this is where man-to-man, going into last week's game, I said one of the things I kept saying was, man, the, the first time around, the Patriots couldn't stop the crossing routes from McKenzie and company. Well, all the man-to-man plays the Bills like are going to be available for this one. And they have, you know, again, checks and balances, right? Like we talk about a lot. Hey, Brian Dayball, he's smart. He understands that McKenzie won on the crossing route against Miles Bryant a whole lot in the first matchup. So what does he go? He goes, oh, they're going to be ready for it. Miles Bryant's going to be ready to cross over and maybe undercut it and do that. So this week, hey, McKenzie, when you get about to the ball where the ball's being snapped in the middle of the field, put the brakes on and come back out. And you'll see Miles Bryant just keep going, going, wait, where did the crossing route go? That's where the Bills are good. They're going to be able to create some big pass plays in their pass game. But you see there, ends up being wide open. There's Miles Bryant trying to chase. Look, he's mad. But damn, that's a tough spot to be in. Oh, I only got to cover a guy that's 4-3 running across the whole field. Oh, wait, he stopped and went the other way. You know, you're, you're going to see some shots down the field from Buffalo in this football game because Kansas City dares you to do that at times. They do. Yeah, their offense has changed a little bit, too. Personnel-wise, Cole 100%. Beasley has not played as much lately here. They phased him out. It's done for Cole. He's done. I mean, he's, he's an afterthought. He's wide receiver number five for their offense now. You know, I really think between the second matchup against the Patriots, the first time I really popped to me was the Jets game at home in, or in, in New York with Buffalo. They used Isaiah McKenzie a ton in that game. And I think I came on the podcast that week going, why doesn't Isaiah McKenzie play more for Buffalo? Why is he not in the starting lineup when they go three wide receivers? And they've made him more of a staple of the offense as of late. And I think it's really added some firepower to their passing attack. That, their offense has everything. It's got all your base NFL offensive plays and some college bullshit that can go on top of it because Dayball came from Alabama. They're running the ball just a little bit now. You know, again, it's nothing that it's special, but -hmm. they can, to where you can't just totally disregard it. And then they have the quarterback run game design, which gashed them in the first drive of the first football game. So they're going to give the Chiefs some things to worry about. And, of course, Josh Allen's on fire. It's it's, The Chiefs is going to be like defending their own quarterback. Yeah. And it's going to be like, damn, can we contain him? Even when we win, is he still going to win? That's where it's amazing, and that's where it's going to be fun. This is – the new age Brady and Manning. This is it right here. These are the two stars. I'm not sure these aren't the two best players in football. Uh, this is where it gets good because yeah. it's like the Chiefs' defense has gotten better, like you just indicated. Yeah. But the Bills' offense has gotten better. They've been able to run the ball here. So yep. you think they scored 38 last time. You know, with, with the improvements the Bills have made, despite the improvements the Chiefs have made, can they score 30 again? Can they I, score yeah, over 30? I think, you're gonna, I, think, I think we can see both teams score 30. Okay. I really can. I, I think both defenses are a little bit in a tougher spot against the offenses than the other way around. I do. I don't, I don't think these are great matchups for either one of these defenses. Uh, you know, you heard me say with Kansas City, you know, yeah, they like to be aggressive, a little too aggressive. You know, you play that much man-to-man against that group, he's going to gash you at some point. He's going to throw a laser down the left sideline for a 50-yard touchdown, just like he did in the first matchup too. So there's that. You know, Allen's gotten to a point. He's more patient than Mahomes too. 
to where if you want to play, this is where he killed the 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 Patriots. I think the Patriots played. You know, let's let's hope he gets a little impatient and just tries to make some crazy throws. And he hasn't done that. He just he just picked them apart. Oh, you want to play too deep and be forty yards downfield? Here's a five yard completion. Here's an eight yard completion. That's going to pose problems for them. Let alone we know is scrambling. And then on the other side of the ball too, you know, Buffalo. Hey, they look great on defense last week. I get that, mm-hmm. but they didn't have to worry about a whole lot of firepower on the outside against the Patriots. Buffalo can't think they're going to play man-to-man against this group and worry about the run and stop that and leave the guys on the island. They will get torched as well if they play too much man-to-man. And the Chiefs, too, not that they're a ton better, but are running the ball enough to where you have to worry about it. I think both of these offenses kind of pose a, a matchup problem for both defenses. Yeah. And the quarterbacks being special, I, I mean, I don't know. If you made me bet, I'd say this is going to be a 31-28, 34-31 type of football game. That's what I'm expecting. Keeping both quarterbacks in the pocket is probably going to be a priority, more so with Josh Allen. He's, yeah. he's probably more dangerous out there right now in his in his career. Allen's on fire right now. He's Allen the, is on you fire. You said last podcast, he, he might be the best player in all of football. I, I, I have position. a hard time thinking, like, agree. yeah, it's up there. He's played... You know, again, you know I think the world of Mahomes. One of the reasons I am who I am in the sports media world is because of Mahomes. I love Mahomes. Yeah. I was the one that was saying he should be the number one pick of the draft. So I don't, but I mean, as awesome as Mahomes is, and I know on a greater scale, he's the man. Josh Allen's been a better quarterback the last two years in the NFL than Patrick Mahomes. He's been a better quarterback, and he's every bit the same amount of playmaker. He is a superstar. Every bit is worthy of Patrick Mahomes, except He's got to win a game like this. Mm. He's got to do this. He's got to get to a Super Bowl and be down, you know, and, and win that way, right? We've seen Mahomes in all these big moments come through. Even when he lost against the Chiefs and the, and the, the Patriots in the AFC Championship game, it wasn't because of Mahomes. In the clutchest moments, he was still clutch. So that's, I think, to get in the public eye of, wait, Josh Allen is as good as Mahomes? That'll go a long way in this game. And I think there is a personal rivalry between these two. Both of these guys pride themselves on, I'm the magic man. I'm the freak show quarterback in football. And I think they're both very aware of who's on the other sideline and kind of wanting to show each other up. It it never seems like a cool, warm, cozy hug after the game with these two. It never does. Because I think there's like, they're both a little insecure about the other one. The fact that he kind of infringes on their territory as the freaky quarterback in football. Mahomes is like, I'm the half a billion dollar guy. That's right. me. I'm trying right. to steal my You're only thing. worth $240 million. <laughs> <laughs> Right? That's, that's yeah. what I do. All right. So your right. dad's calling in here pretty soon. Yep. Is he, He's here. He's here. He's on the line. So Boom. He, he got to hear the bonus uh, breakdown of Bills and Chiefs. Big Phil, are you there? Uh, I'm in. I am here. I heard all that. Uh, really good stuff. The one thing I would disagree with. Yeah. That I'm going to make a pledge, and, and I'm not going to say it anymore. When you're playing Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, you got to keep them in the pocket. Mm. Okay. It's not going to work. Yeah, right. right. That's right. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. it up. Right. It's not going to work. Oh, every every week I watch it. Oh, they got a spy. They're doing this. And after two series, they go, this is stupid. It ain't going to work, so let's just do what we do. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think you can keep either one of them in there. And uh, all you can do and hope which they both kind of have it. Right. You need a fast defense to chase them down when they get outside, kind of like the Rams did to Kyler Murray. Yeah, you right. Know, he broke outside. and Nowhere. He, I mean, he must have went, whoa, what yeah. happened there? Right. I mean, the one time he ran out, not to get into that game, when he broke to the right Yeah. and Jalen Ramsey came up. Oh, my gosh. Uh, he wanted to get down so fast, didn't he? 
Oh my gosh! I you know Jalen Ramsey. I I've, I gain more respect for him every time I watch right uh, the Los Angeles Rams defense. I mean his makeup speed, his zero to sixty is as fast as anybody, and of course he has arms as long as his legs. Right, like right, that. no doubt about yeah. it. Hey, I know you wanted to hit something on the Rams offense before we we talk about your game on CBS. Saturday afternoon that we're excited about Bengals and Titans, but what what was it with Rams offense that you, I know you you texted me you just go maybe Rams oh yeah so, maybe yeah. I can't even remember what all there's so many things that here you can hear me kind of going through it I can't even look at I I watched them this just one you know I don't think we ever take into account when we look at Sean McVay's offense with Matt Stafford the high degree of difficulty that is designed for the for the quarterback the throws. to throw the ball. I just said it. I just broke the game oh, down. I, I did. I just said the same thing. I said, listen, it's 17 throws, but it's high degree of difficulty of throws. That's where it's different. You know what's different, too? There's many things I broke down. I'm not going to get into because I know you want to talk about the other game. But it's, you know, I'm mean, it's like this. You know, a quarterback, you read one, two to the right, and if they're not open, you usually dump it over the middle or something short. His outlet, which I've seen all year, is so many, so much – it's looked to the right, you know, it's a deep out, something else, and then he doesn't like it, then he turns and goes to the other side of field, the, uh, the other side of the field to throw a 15 to 20 yard yeah, cut. Yeah, right, right. I mean, that, that's your outlet? Right. That's what we designed? And then I watch the play and go, well, there's nobody short. And yeah, that's who it is. Right, field. right. I know, so, I know. And, yeah, and the other thing is, too, just this week, real quick on that game, I was thinking about the Rams just going, you know, you can't be third uh, scared of third and five. Right. So what they did running the football, and I just think they got to have more plays for those situations. I, d- I don't see enough coach-em-up plays. Easy throws for the quarterback, easy reads. Now make it happen, guys, because we've got talent, and it's a great scheme. That's the other thing I don't see a lot. But the fact that Sean McVay – Man, somebody must have done something to his coffee for him to stay with the run as much as he did. Yeah. Especially down in the red zone when he got right. to the 10. Right. I was like, even me, I'm going, hey, they're running the ball. And I go, all right, let's don't overdo it here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's an interesting game and to see what happens, how each quarterback has played. Uh, I'm excited <laughs> to see that. And we'll see what happens. Well, a lot of questions, a lot to talk about. And. I'll shut up. Yeah, no, no, it's an interesting game. You're right. And we just talked about it. I, I think the Rams do match up well with the Bucks, and there's a reason they've beat them both the last, you know, beat them twice the last two years. They have stayed patient in both of those games. To your point that you've talked about with the run keeps Todd Bowles out of the crazy blitz defenses, slows down the pass rush. So that has been something that's been an emphasis certainly uh, in that game. All right, so now. Well, last thing is, yeah, go if ahead, I say hurt it. my Achilles, if I ever hurt my Achilles, I'm going to Cam Akers' uh, guy. Isn't that unreal? Like, <laughs> right? I mean, I just no, said that. Ridiculous. I've never seen anybody come back from that injury this quick. Never. I, I literally just said that five minutes ago. It's six months after that injury is unheard of. And that, not only that, he was fresh, his legs, and oh, man. He, there was no get, like, hit, no giddy up. Was, right. Gosh. I Because, you know, I just thought he was a power back coming out. I remember him coming out in the draft, and, you know, I never thought he was going to Oh, he's going to get you a twenty-yard game, but he'll sure get you some tough four and five ones. But uh, he, he he was he was awesome. There's no question against the Arizona Cardinals. No doubt. All right, so Phil, so so that game with the Rams and Bucks, that's a good right. one. Obviously, 49ers, Packers, and Bills, Chiefs. Just to wrap those, I, you're, talking to your son, he's having a hard time 
figuring out who he's going to pick in any of these games. Is there, I'm, is, I, I said I'm on on the Green Bay and I said Green Bay and and uh, the Niners. I said I'm on the fence. I'm leaning a hair more 49ers right now. Bucks Rams. I said I'm on the fence. I'm probably like 51 49 Bucks right now, but I don't love that. You know, and then. You know, this game here, and uh, what's our other game? Bill's, oh, Bill's Chiefs. Chiefs, I'm on the fence. I don't know where I'm going to go there yet either. I mean, i got to figure it out tonight. Do you, do you feel the same way, Phil? Are, are you having a tough time figuring out who you're going to pick? Well, I went 5-1 and one last week against the spread, not to brag. <laughs> well, I, I, did, I don't think I went 5-1 and one against the spread. I don't think I did. Straight I think up. I went 4-2. Yeah. I went 5-1 well, straight up. I have to up. pick them, you know, on yeah. Paramount every Tuesday, which right. is, you know, wow. On Tuesday, then, you know, Friday – you mean the quarterback and the two wide receivers are not playing? We yeah, right, yeah. right. <laughs> but right. I took I took the San Francisco. I'm doing with the points. That's how I did it. So okay. I'm going to try to stay consistent this week. I took San Francisco. I took Buffalo. I took the Bucks, And I took Tennessee. Okay. All right. Now, um, like you think that – the you think that the the Niners are going to beat the the Packers or are you just yes, yes. okay so I you're do. taking them all right I you, think you know when I look at it Bosa I expect him to play yeah I expect Fred Warner to play yeah and I don't know what the protocols exactly are for the concussion protocol but I think the league would want him in there everybody wants him in there and yeah. somehow they're going to make it work that's just how I think yeah I, I hear you there all right so and you think the Bills not only cover the spread are going to win the game there too. Yeah, I took – well, you know, I took them to cover the spread. Well, the spread, I think, is like two and a half two, I think you're right. I think it is. Right. Yeah, so right. I, I took them to win. It was hard. You know, I think really deep down, I go, you know, the safe pick is no question to me is Kansas City. But then as I watched their game from early this year, that kind of swayed me a little bit in, yeah. in both directions. You know, the Bills, all they talked about, well, Patrick Mahomes was running every, anywhere he wanted right. to play. Right. The Bills just – their speed on defense – is real, and they are hot right now on both sides of the football. Yeah, they are. And also, they're like the Chiefs, maybe more. They're just not afraid to call anything. No, you're right. On both sides of the ball. It's you're just, right. hey, we got it, and we're going to – and I loved your thing about Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. I think it is real. There's no doubt. You remember when they the little thing came up, who could throw it the farthest? No doubt. They both said it with, hey, right. let's do it. Right. Well <laughs> – Let's do it, guys. I want to see it. <laughs> Me too. I know. I would love to see it. I know. I think it and is I, real too. Yeah, and it just not to get off the. I want to go to Cincy, but you know, Kansas City. You know, Mahomes. He physically he threw the ball about as well as he did all year against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, that he was did. Pretty cool to see too. Yeah, no doubt. I expect both of them to be on their game. Um, all right, now go get to, get to Joey Burrow and the yeah. Bengals so, going to the Titans. So your dad's picking Tennessee in this one, which he, I feel like. You might be in a minority, and it might be the only time ever that you can say the team with a bye, the one seed in the conference, most people are going to be on the other team. But I think the Bengals are flashier. you got Joe Burrow, you got Jamar Chase, and the Titans just haven't been that, that flashy without a lot of their playmakers. But they get Derrick Henry back. Do you think, Phil, that the, the Titans are, are underappreciated as a team? Well, sure. They're in Tennessee. Their style of play, you know, they don't have the superstar quarterback, so we're, we can't talk about them because – we can't talk about the quarterback. We can't talk. Right. And, you know, so that, that really hurts them. And, you know, just every a lot about them. And so, but I like what they do. Um, I think that, you know, I look at the game, and I kind of look at it from the Tennessee offense. Can Cincinnati stop the run? Yes. That'll be the big question. Right. Do I expect Derrick Henry to be a big part of the game? No. Deontay Foreman is, 
He's not Derrick Henry, but he's trying to replicate him. He's yeah, copying him. Right. He's big, and he just runs it in there, and he can get extra yards. Yep. But, uh, you know, I think this. If you play him and you put it all up there to stop the run, Tennessee is not afraid to throw the ball. Yeah, exactly. And they've shown it. Right. You, you want, and they, I'll honestly be surprised. I think they'll come out and be aggressive right from the start knowing that Cincinnati might play a bunch of guys up near the line. Overplay the run, yeah, right. Play the run, and they're going to, hey, A.J. Brown looks fresh when you watch him. They got the week off. And I would think Julio Jones will go another level up, which he definitely was not when yeah. I watched him play against the Houston Texans. Yeah, I would think so, too. You're right. Two weeks off. I, I think Dad makes a good point, first off. But we forget about that aspect. Those receivers are healthy. They're dangerous. And, you know, they haven't been healthy for a lot of the year, of course. And then Derrick Henry not being there. They had to find their way. But I do want to like remind people, like last year, the year before, Titans playoff football teams, they were one of the best down the field throwing teams in all of football. Tannehill is one of the best downfield quarterbacks in the game. His numbers back that up. His his the eye test and what I see or Dad sees backs it up. It isn't just throw it down there too, and the guy's got to stop and catch it. It's throw it down there on the money. The guy keeps running a touchdown. That's where he's good, and I, I wouldn't be surprised. To me, that's where the game – I don't know, Dad. I almost look at it on both sides of the ball a little bit to come that way to a degree. You know, I worry about the, – the, I worry about, I guess, when I look at, like, um, the, the Bengals' defense, yes, can they hand, hang in there and not be overpowered by, by the, the Titans' run game? Bengals. Yes, well, I think too. Losing yeah. Ogunjobi is a big deal. Big deal. You know, Agreed. Right. And you know the Titans. I always look at, it, and I've looked at it like this all year. The numbers don't back me up, but I don't care. My perception, I think, is better that their left side of the offensive line. You know, most teams in the NFL are right-handed when it comes to running, throwing, and it's just it's just natural. Yeah. But the Titans, it they're not. It they're more. I feel like when they need something, it's a big moment or whatever, their big plays happen with cutbacks to the left or they run it left. Right. You know, Saffold and Lewan. Yeah. Of course, ben you know, Jones at center. Him, and then Nate Davis seems to come across the field. He's a good runner, and he can get up the field for him on the yeah. left side. All those things, I think that's a big deal, too. I really, I really do when I just think of the game. And I do worry about Cincinnati, even on the offensive side, getting a little overpowered. Up front. Times. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. I mean, hey, I've never. I mean, I you know I think I follow the league and the Tennessee Titans and all that. And I'm watching them this week. Watch come against. Who the hell is this guy? Who's this guy? <laughs> because the only thing that differentiates them is the number. They all have. Everybody's six five three twenty. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what their height and weights are, but they're all huge. No, they are. They are. <laughs> you're, you're right. It's, it is a huge group up front for that football team. And, and Burrow's been pressured they, quite a bit. A, bit, a ton. I, I think Dad's spot on there, too. To me, you know, that is going to be the key to the football game, too. I wouldn't be shocked if this game became a little bit of a shootout, right? And the fact of I worry about the Titans being able to run the ball on the Bengals, and then the Bengals, like Dad's saying, they overdo it. And now it's all post over the top by A.J. Brown, deep crosser by Julio Jones. And, you know, if the Bengals – I question the Titans' pass defense. I do. If you can protect yeah. their pass rush. And that's a big if. I mean, like we even saw last week. I mean, Burrow, he, he was, got hit, had to escape people. You know, they got to have a plan to slow down that pass rush. But I think if he has time with that weapon and their offense, I think they're going to be able to pick apart this Titan defense. 
Yeah, I, I think they're going to have success. I don't, you know, picking them apart and going up and down the field and scoring a high number of points. I don't see that. Yeah, okay. You know, the crowd, the emotion, the week off, uh, the all the bodies that they can throw in there, and I think Mike Vrabel. This is a different defense and strategy that they've been using here yeah. this year a little yeah, more. Right. You know more. I, you know, I have to run it back. Holy Christ, what was that play? And you know, just keep going through it, and you know, it's it's. A lot of different four-man rushes. Who are the four? Which I think it makes it's it huge, right? It is, and you know, I'm not quite as down on the secondary as you are when I watch the Tennessee Titans play. I, I'm not and, either. There's moments this year where I've loved it, but like, there's a few games where I go, man, I just why is Davis Mills and company picking them apart? You well, know, when you really look at it, yeah, but if he had to do that same game again, the game the same circumstances, uh, he wouldn't pick them apart. Yeah, I mean, I mm. thought there were a lot of throws. I just go, oh my gosh! Yeah, you got know, a little lucky, flicker. right? But yeah, there was three. I'm gonna say three big plays that were luck, and and I don't. I'm not taking anything away from Davis Mills. Yeah, he shut my mouth because I wasn't crazy about him coming out of Stanford, but I thought he really played well down the stretch and showed a little more talent than I thought he really had. So that was not to pick on that, but I thought there were some definitely just. Throw it up there. Oh, 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 he caught it. Yeah, right. You know, I right. thought there was a few of those. The but. Titans are a master at zone coverages. They're amazing at passing people off through zones and doing that. Yes. That's where they're very special. And, yeah, that's, I think that's the way to well, go against the Bengals because you can't play them too much man-to-man. They're going to torture you with one of those guys. So no, it, it, it is zone defense has got to beat them. Joe Burrow, everybody talks about the sacks. It doesn't bother me even close to what the numbers say because I don't know. How many of the sacks are his fault? Yeah, and, right. You know, he's going to move, and he's not afraid to take a sack, but, you know, because they can get sacked, and he'll still pick it up. I mean, right. they don't, they're not worried about it. Right. You know, third and 12, well, we've got about 20 plays for that. Here we go. You're right. So, you know, that, that's, that's one thing that really jumps out. And I think, too, just watching them the last two or three games, uh, that I've seen more Jamar Chase is now coming to the front even more. And they're doing all oh, they did a speed sweep with him. Yeah, right. The other day. They did a so, toss sweep with them, like like Debo Samuel. Sweep. Yeah. There we go. Well, you see, you you know, somebody in Cincinnati, their job is to go give us five great plays you saw this week from people run that we can run. I think all teams kind of do that. Yeah, right. But one on one, when you line up, if it's one on one, Joe Burrow most likely is going to throw it to Jamar Chase on the outside. No doubt. You saw the toss sweeps. There's uh, screens they throw to him, and also they line him up in formations that kind of make you play zones, and when you do, he's going to throw it to Jamar Chase. That's the one thing I really came out of just go, wow, I like this. They're yeah. going to make you really focus on a guy. No doubt. And you make all the adjustments to cover. Yeah, it's Zach Taylor. He's from the McVay coaching tree. It's Cooper right. Cup. It's LaFleur and Devontae Adams. They're going to make you def- – Debo Samuel with Shanahan. They're going to make you defend that motherfucking guy, that one guy. Oh. And then they're going to go off of that. Yeah. Oh, man, you're a bad influence on my son. I know. He's never done this before, right? It's just around me. I don't know how I do it. I bring it out. I don't know. People. But that just came out of nowhere and smacked me upside the head. I don't know. We got – we... My last thing here, just I know I don't yeah. mean to interrupt. I get these thoughts in my mind. Yeah, go ahead. Them, do I'll it. Forget them. Spit them out. But Cincinnati does do about four things a game. I go, very clever. It works. And then I just go – Wish they'd have done it more. Right. And they did it against, you know, even last week against the Raiders. I just thought, wow, what is that defense? And it was 
Sam Hubbard as the linebacker. Yes, and roaming around, walking around. I know. Yeah. Yes, and loved he it. Smashed through there, and I don't know if he got the sack or he hit. You know. Yeah, he was around the QB a lot, though. Yeah, it was really. So I just went, whoa! I looked at it, but I know they. I've I've followed the Bengals, of course, fairly close. It, it, you know, it's it's hard to cover thirty-two teams, but I've seen it on their defense. They always have a different couple defenses for every team they play. They seem to work, so I'm very curious to see what they do. Can you be that way against the Tennessee Titans? Yeah, they got to pick the their question. spots. You're right. They got to pick their spots. But I'm with you too. They do. They fall into some complacency or some simpleness at times. Where I go, man, where's that that defense I saw on the last second and long? Like, do that again. Uh, where don't, don't just line up in a defense and be in that way. Uh, but you're right. You got to be careful with that kind of stuff too. When you got a Derrick Henry run game, because you put people at the line of scrimmage and play those crazy things. Once he creases you, it's gone. It's over. But we got like we got some questions for you. Yeah, uh, yeah. On a Twitter. Couple, okay. A couple of them, well, one to wrap up this game. Yeah. And you were already talking about it with Jamar Chase and uh, trying to stop him, and they might do it with zone. But what if they match up Christian Fulton on him? And who is G. Taylor says, do you think Christian Fulton's familiarity with Jamar Chase can help the Titans secondary? The two were teammates at LSU, also back in high school in Louisiana. I mean, is there anything, Big Phil, is there anything there that you think could slow down Jamar? Mm-hmm. I don't like that matchup. <laughs> I don't like anybody on Jamar Chase. I mean, one-on-one. Nobody. Hey, zero to 60. He's not, he's not Tyreek Hill, but he's in that category. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, man, he takes simple things and you just go, okay, they're going to tell. Oh, what, what was that? It, it, I've seen it too much. Yeah. I mean, he can, when he takes, it's one step, full speed. So that that's tough. And, you know, it's it's the battle. How do you take care of him? And then, of course, Cincinnati's going, well, how can we find more ways to get the football to him? Yeah. And I watched a lot of plays where him, and I like T. Higgins a lot. Yeah, me too. And I thought he was there for a while. He was the focal point of their passing offense. Right. But I watched him run mirror routes in the game just last week, and I went, look at the difference. One was on one side of the field, one was on the other. By the time they got to 20 yards flying down the field, no exaggeration, Jamar Chase was five yards ahead. Yeah, right, right. And it's special. It's, it is. I mean, again, yeah. he caught a 10-yard out against what I would call one of the fastest defenses in football and split the defense and ran for a 70-yard touchdown against the Chiefs. I mean, oh, yeah. Legereus Sneed and Thornhill – and Charver, they can run. You don't see anybody score 80-yard touchdowns against the Chiefs. They run everybody down. He ran away from all of them. That just tells they you how fast up. he is. They gave up. Exactly they right. They gave up. Right. And you could see they were like, at, at a certain point, you know, you chase them. And I could see they just reared back and go, this isn't going to happen. Chase so. is one of the five best receivers in football. He's, He's one of the three best, maybe, in football. Man, He's... football guys, and you know, it's look at the quarterbacks in this playoff. Uh, they all got basically one thing in common. I don't mean to, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo is tough and he's played really well, and I've apologized to him about four weeks ago because he's just slapping me in the face every week with his play. <laughs> I thought I thought he was really playing well. But when you talk about the eight teams that are left, you know, he has to be number eight yeah. as far as throwing the football. Right. And that's not really – disrespect to him that's just respect for what's going on in the league yeah the other seven are, are special i mean yeah we just uh, the throwers are just and they just keep getting better yeah and there's many reasons why but man it's fun to watch and we can talk about all this stuff and gets people mad but when you stand in the pocket your opportunities to make big plays are unlimited almost and if you move too quick and give up on a play then you're missing out on big plays. yeah it's, it's it's a fine line, and um, 
but it's it's just fun to watch too. I will say no that. doubt. All right, Ahmed's got to get this yeah. question because he's got to do quick. he's got to go do I'm, Premier League be- soccer here. He's got here double for, duty today. He's got yeah. double duty. He's finally working on a Last real day here. Oh yeah, you know a lot today. about soccer. Okay, on USA. <laughs> real uh, quick, I'll answer the question. Speaking of passers, and this might not be a real quick answer. Corey uh, Joskowitz is one of our great homies out there. Yeah. He's always listening. He's, he's got yeah. his ear to everything, and so we heard something out there. Heard a rumor. And he goes, can we get the big effort on this week, please? On New York Sports Radio, he said that he would rather have Daniel Jones than Kyler Murray. I need to hear this conversation. Well, yeah. <laughs> listen, listen. It was, I'm talking, boomers talking about things and whatever, and all of a sudden they said it, and I just, I'm thinking, oh, come on, let's just let it go. Kyler Murray's not coming to New York. I kind of took it that way. And Daniel Jones, you know, whatever. So I said, yeah, just keep them where they are. I don't know what I said. I didn't say, I don't think, Daniel Jones is better than Kyler Murray. Right. I mean, I'm not. Listen, come on. You've listened to me. I've done this for basically my whole life. I think I'm not going off my rocker that quick. <laughs> so, yeah, when I, you know, I was like, oh, man, they blindsided me. I don't uh, whatever. So, People can make what they want out of it. I don't. Well, care. your point is this, and I, or his point that Dad would be making was: first off, there's a number of teams in football that would not want Kyler Murray as their quarterback. There's just well, some sure. they don't they don't believe in that. They like you saw the other night, like the Patriots. I would think the Giants are one of those teams. They would never have a quarterback like Kyler Murray as their quarterback. Mm. They're not. They're going to go wait. First off, can he throw in the elements when it's five degrees up here? And you saw in the game the other night. You know, all the things we ever questioned about Kyler Murray kind of came out. The one, like, size. Can he make throws in the pocket with people around him and bearing down on him? And that was egregiously answered as no the other night in his first playoff appearance where everybody said, to where you go on social media and what is every NFL meme right now with Kyler Murray? Like a miniature Kyler Murray on the field against, like, even the normal fans, people that don't pay attention to the sport were like, damn, he looks small tonight. He looks really small tonight. And that there's a handful of teams that would never have a quarterback with his measurables on their team, period, no matter how yeah. talented he is. And that's, well, that's, I, mean, I thought of it this way. Yeah. You know, you're in the Northeast. It, this is why I came. I said, oh, come on. You know, the Northeast, they're not going to you know, go spread offense and, and throw all the screens and the quick passes and the college offense that Kyler Murray was so great at. And, look, Cliff Kingsbury has done a good job. They've improved three years in a row. So the old thing, I, I think what got me going yesterday on Paramount, just – Oh, Cliff Kingsbury might get fired. What, 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 you fired him? You took your team to the playoffs? We're moving forward? And I, I don't know. It's crazy. Everybody that loses a playoff game, fire Mike McCor- I mean, uh, McCarthy. Mike McCarthy. No, yeah, don't. Right. What, you going to start over again with a new system, new coach, new words? Man, learn from what you, the mistakes you made this year, and you move forward. And that's why I definitely wouldn't make those changes. Of course, I wouldn't have fired Brian Flores either. I probably wouldn't have fired David Culley down in Houston. No, no, I'm with you. And McCarthy, I wouldn't either. Kingsbury, I think, is a real conversation. It's done a lot of good. There's no doubt. If I was running the Cardinals, I'll go, I don't know. I like what I did. I like what he does. I get that. I don't know if this offense and the way it's run and everything can really work. It would be a little concerning to me. To the, like, the, ima- the amount of talent they have, the way they've fallen apart at the end of the year each year, to me yeah. spoke to the coaching a little bit and the fact that like I, like we saw, you watched the, Ahmed watched a few clips of the Cardinals Rams earlier today. Just when we were going through the preparation of the podcast, like 
you know, we saw some plays where Kyler dropped back, and I mean, the Rams might as well have been in the huddle with the Cardinals and just go, oh, wait, okay, Kirk, you're going to run the 10 yard out here? Okay, don't worry, we'll be there. They you know, the they play. knew it. They were all over it. And again, I'm with that. I lean more towards no, don't fire him. But there are mm. some things I think that have concerned me a little bit about that one. I think you made the last point I'll make there yeah. in that to shut this conversation. I know people put that out. Oh, Phil thinks Daniel Jones. Well, all right, you know, but whatever. But when you, the one thing I do notice when I watch the Arizona Cardinals offense, I can look at everybody and understand the start to the finish scheme. Every play kind of attaches to the next play, that kind of thing, which I'm really big on. And if you run off tackle, then I want an off tackle screen. I right. want an off tackle reverse. I want an off tackle uh, play action pass. Right. So we got the defense thinking. I don't ever see that or feel that. Right. No tying of plays Arizona together. Cardinals. Exactly. It's a rolodex. I call you know the rolodex offense. That play. I like that play. Let's do it. That play. But why? I don't know. I just like it. And that's where. We go over. We what do we do every week? We talk about checks and balances here. Shanahan yeah. wants to run the toss crack. He's got seven different plays when you overplay the toss crack to screw you well, over if you overplay it. Or we saw that against Dallas. Yes, it usually works better, but Dallas is pretty fast. And yes, they recover a few times. But right, the toss. You know, you think, oh, oh, they stopped them from going outside. Oh, I saw the re- yeah, it was supposed to go back inside. You know, yeah, was, right. Of course, Kyle. I'll never forget last words. Joe Thomas was with the Cleveland Browns, and he I saw him do this last year on air. He goes, Kyle Shanahan comes in as the offensive coordinator. He goes, guys, we're going to run it to every inch on the football field. He didn't even talk about throwing the football. And Joe Thomas goes, damn, I'm an offensive lineman. This is the first time I've ever heard this. <laughs> and I think that says it all. They spend more time designing run plays than they do pass plays. Yeah. Maybe they don't. I don't care. I've just tried to make the point right. that every week it's some new run plays off of what they've done. And, of course, all the motions and talent has a lot to do with it. And Debo Samuel, I just hope he stays healthy. Yeah. 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 I mean, and the way knows? he plays, yeah. it's, it's – Yeah, it's crazy. Hair's on fire. It's, it's crazy, but they do limit the touches to a degree. I do like that. So, all right. Yep. That's it. I'm All right. Glad. Good talk. That was a good talk. I'm glad to have you back Phil, on. You're the man. Great to have you back. You're the man. Well, you know, I, I, it says you can only come on when I'm asked. I know. It's, it's hard. Our Wednesday podcasts are hard. I, I got a million plays well, to break down. Somebody, we're, me, we were going to try to go an hour and a half here today. We're going on an hour and 45, 46 right now. It. So you guys are going to do some soccer after this? Is that what you said? Not you guys. Just yeah. him. I'm no, not Chris, doing it. No, Chris is invited. Oh, he can stop by. You were involved, no, Premier like, League. He's got to go. You know, NBC's. Go. We do the yeah. Premier League. So USA, he's got to go be studio host. Leicester versus Tottenham, Phil. Be there. Yeah. Oh, man, I can't wait to see the final of that. <laughs> <laughs> You're the man, Dad. Thanks for coming right, on, man. Guys. All right, I'll man. You take care. See you. him around a little. All right. <laughs> Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack.
Your dad blamed me for uh, you uh, throwing out some four-letter words. I know. That's uh, rich. That's, right. that's yeah, rich. rich. You know what I'll say about Cliff? And, you know, he's come under fire the way yeah. he's finishing seasons at Texas Tech and at Arizona now. What if he's just one of the best early season coaches of all time? What if he just gets more out of his team than he's supposed to? In the first, you know, I don't know, half the season. Well, they come out on fire, in shape, That's ready something. to go. That's there is something. something to that. There is something to that. But I'll echo the, the sentiment he made. In this league, it's about continuing an upward trend to where you're at your best yeah. when it comes to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And – that's where they've dropped the ball. And again, I don't think he should be fired or anything like that. All I was trying to say yeah. is, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it was worrisome enough to me the last two years the way they've collapsed down the stretch to where I go, wait, we're too talented to kind of look the way we've looked at the end of these seasons. And that, that is where, like, if I was running that organization, I, I can understand the thought there. All right, they collapsed week 14 this year. Maybe next year they'll collapse week 17 or 18, you know, and then after that maybe you collapse in the playoffs. Yeah, or you just yeah, get you better, a little in, bit better. Collapse in the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, you at least made it. Yeah, well, uh, yes, you're right. But it was before that, you know. Again, they, they, lost, they lost, what, five out of their last eight? Right, Remember, I was on this podcast yeah. mid-year, and we were looking at their schedule, and I go, I, I can see them losing five or six games. You did crushed. say that. I got crushed. And they lost five. Of their I got crushed by it. And you know what? To my credit, I have not gone back and found those people and said anything to them. Yeah, I've just said it multiple times on this podcast. Right. That's all I'll do. All right, I will not go back to them personally well, and say, you know, Told come you so. on the podcast every time. Then you can say it all the time. Stop being a part timer. Uh, our friends over at PointsBet have some numbers they want to throw at us here. So let's cover those yeah. at the end of this uh, this pod. So highest scoring team this weekend. Oh. The favorites are the Chiefs at plus 300, but the Packers not too far behind at plus 375. And what? in fact, that's the, the dumbest shit I've seen so the far. The Bills today. are right there, too, and the Buccaneers not too far behind. So there are four teams that are all together. Why, why is it dumb? What, what makes this dumb? I, the, the Packers aren't going to be the highest scoring team this weekend. I'll be shocked. I'll kiss your feet again if they. Oh, leave. no. Yeah. Don't do that. I will. Neither of I'll us want sh- that. I'll be shocked. Don't I mean, do that. I Let's really think will. of something else. Let's think, think of something else. 49ers defense. Think of something else. All right, I'll kiss your hand. Okay, uh, I, I want that even less. <laughs> I. I I don't look at that as any way happening. Cold weather, that defense, they're not going to be the highest scoring offense of the weekend. Okay. And I can get behind Chiefs and Bills for sure. And after that, like 49ers being the least likely, I think is interesting too, because it's not like the Packers are world beaters. No, right? I, I'm a little surprised by that as well. I, I can't, I can't lie. You know, but yeah, I, w- I would, that Bills Chiefs game, I think has a chance to be a high scoring game. That mm-hmm. would be the one I would look at. Bucks Rams has some potential, you know. But I mean, I, I guess I do. I feel best about the Chiefs and the Bills with that one. And and really, if you know, you're looking for a little value. I guess the Bills would be the one I'd look at right there. So then, wouldn't the odds for the lowest scoring team just be the opposite of this, Pete? But no, we have actual uh, specific odds for that. And I guess we just have to do some math and recalculate. And there it is. Kristen pops it up there. Yep, Forty ers the lowest scoring team like that, I don't, I would not, I don't think the 49ers are going to be the lowest scoring team. I don't know who I'd pick. It doesn't seem likely it's going to be the 49ers. I, I, it doesn't to me either. I mean, again, I, I guess you got pretty good offenses explosive here. Explosive so offense, well, not a great defense. Jimmy Garoppolo's injury. I you guess know, maybe that's, that's maybe playing into this, no doubt. If it's cold and if, if that's not conducive. But if it's snowy, yeah. that could be a high scoring yeah. game. Bengals, you know, again, I think Dad explained that right, and I could see that. I, I certainly can. If they get overwhelmed at front, you know, it's Vrabel. There's going to be some things about their defensive game plan that the Bengals aren't going to be ready for. 
They're very game plan specific. So I could see that for sure. Um, yeah, these, these are tough. Because they just look at all these games, and they can go either <laughs> right. way. But I certainly wouldn't think the 49ers are going to be the lowest-scoring team of this weekend. I would not. I don't not. think so either. I, I would think I would play into, you know, the Titans-Bengals game or really the the Packers-49ers game. I think those two teams are going to – those two games are going to be the ones that are going to be lower-scoring. I might even take a flyer on the Bucks plus 775 there. Sure. Who knows, right? They get pressure to Brady, and it totally – gums up their whole offense no doubt about it they it got could, some playmakers it down could be. if you wanted to take that route i uh, without a doubt i hear you yeah so right. it'll be interesting to see man it's it's the eight best teams and dad said it. it's the eight best teams and you got seven really good quarterbacks you got six superstar quarterbacks yes and then you got Tannehill and garoppolo yep. i just that that's the way to say it. i don't mean disrespectful to Tannehill. uh he's really good i just don't think he's a superstar like the rest of the group there yeah now points bet has a great sign up offer chris that we should talk about too they definitely do points bet has a great sign up offer for unbuttoned listeners oh, okay. to get in on the action in the nfl playoffs Download the PointsBet app and use code UNBUTTONED to sign up. Bet $1 on any NFL game and get $125 in free bets if a point is scored. If a point is scored, you get $125. Okay? That's really good. Imagine they get shot All right? out. And oh. it's impossible for a playoff game to end scoreless. All right? They have to score at oh, some so point. There's right. no so ties. It's not just one team. It's the game. Don't just bet this football season. Live your bet life. With points bet. Right. So what What if the game is postponed due to COVID-19 issues? <laughs> Do they still honor it? <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> we all lose is right. We all lose. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So that's cool. All right. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to see how that all plays out. Your actual picks have to come tomorrow. They come so tomorrow. So you have to make a decision. I do. Tomorrow. Big one. PFTPM. Chris Sims collaboration Thursday. We'll pick the games. We'll break them down. Please tune into that. Uh, we had Requiem for a team up yeah, today. We got it. We're we going. Do, okay, let's do I wasn't it. sure. Let's finish oh, it yeah, up. Let's do I, it. I think we got time, right? Dude. We got five minutes here, so let's, let's finish it. We can go through these, and I think you know Chris has debated whether it's respectful to do this for teams that made the playoffs, but I think, it's, I think this is a sign of respect. We have to lay them to rest in a proper fashion. Can't just bury them without saying anything. Fine. All right, so here we go. Here lie the Dallas Cowboys. We saw many of their fans start to sob. All coming after the refs like a mob. <laughs> Dak didn't care. They had a second to spare. Except the dang refs had to do their job. Right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, how dare they do their dang job? It. We're the Cowboys. We should be able to spot the ball where we want. We think it was about here. We're ready. Here lie the Philadelphia Eagles. The running game should have given them some pride. They need to just put that last game aside. Sirianni was fine, but he might start to whine. When he sees that his flower just died. Uh, very Planting a flower. I know. Right. I thought he had a garden before that game, but yeah, they, they all dried out. It's, it's a dead, dead garden. Yeah, it's dead. winter. Winter has come. Yes. Here lie the Arizona Cardinals. They started out with some pretty good football until the team really started to stall. They got quite stiff. Someone needs to tell Cliff. The season doesn't end in the fall. Right? Like, <laughs> All right, guys, what are you still doing here? <laughs> it's November. Like go it. home, guys. I like it. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to go. What was your last line there before fall? Uh, uh, I can't remember. fell off a cliff. You cliff, thought I was going to say something uh, you, there. You got to remember that the season's not over on November 25th. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good, too. I was trying to figure out, like, oh, when would I? Just come to me when you need And it. fall is actually goes until December 22nd. Yeah, right. So it's like they right. stopped well before they stopped the end before of that. Fall. Right. Okay. Uh, here lie the New England Patriots. They ended the year with a facepalm. 
getting destroyed by a big old A-bomb. <laughs> Allen bomb. I got you. Right? Got you. Belichick's latest craze is spending his days rooting against a guy named Tom. That's it. <laughs> That's all he has <laughs> That's now. That's all he is. Just hope the Bucks don't win. Sits home. Don't want to have to hear about it. Everybody will think it's totally Brady. All right, two more. we got the Steelers and Raiders. Here lie the Pittsburgh Steelers. The season ended with a big old splat. Big Ben's final game in combat. It was something I feared. Kissing my feet was weird, even though some people are into that. <laughs> which is true. <laughs> I've I mean, heard. Right? I don't know I've who heard. those weird people are. Rumor. It's Rex Ryan, right? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> and finally, here lie the Las Vegas Raiders. The season was close to a fairy tale. Just pretend for a minute they didn't fail. You wonder again what could have been if Gruden never had email. Right? Uh, like, what could have happened boom. if he didn't boom. Have, if he didn't know about it? Fairy tale over. Which I would have guessed, honestly, about maybe a year ago that he didn't have email, that he'd just send them, you know. He's a great typer. Mail. Great typer. He is. Like, 100 words a minute. You're serious. I'm dead serious. Great typer. Like, no I was, hunting pecker. I was, no. I was amazed. I remember it was 2004. I was like, whoa. I saw him sitting there, and he wasn't even looking at the screen, and he was, <laughs> he can do, he can fly. Wow. Yes. Yeah, Gruden's a smart individual, uh, you know, obviously. But yes, I would there never. Yeah, well, it's not like, that smart. But it's like, yeah, what but was coming smart. out of those fingers was yeah. not always the greatest. Not always thing the ever. greatest, yeah. right? But it, yes, yes. You think we'll see him again? We no. will. I do think we will. You Why do you I, say no? Well, like at coaching, I just think that was too big of a blow. I don't think anybody's going to want to deal with the backlash of hiring Gruden after some of the words that were in language that was used in those know. emails. Time heals all wounds, though. It seems I like would like to while. think that. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're yeah, right. We'll see. I know. Yeah. All right. I'm pumped to hear who you eventually land on Me here. too. I am too. I got to think about it tonight. It's close. I'm so excited for the weekend. I can't even tell you. It's the best weekend of the year for me. Yeah. All right. Subscribe, rate, review. Chris Sims unbutton. Ahmed Freed, you were awesome. We did it. Now go announce some second rate football. <laughs> what okay? are you doing with second rate? <laughs> it ain't football in the NFL. In the world. It's second rate. All right. And uh, everybody, be good. Stay safe out there. Check out me in Florida tomorrow, the Thursday podcast, Picks Edition. All right. And if you don't check it out, uh, the hell with you. But enjoy the games this weekend nonetheless. All right. Peace out. You the man, Ahmed. Well done. Clap it up. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack.